Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Nylar 9 podcast. We are back um, with some new music and albums and all sorts of stuff to recommend. This is Nylar 9 speaking. On the other line beside me, on the other side of the table, ring, is, ring. is Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Good. I'm uh, I'm learning to cope with this cold at the moment, as in uh, the cold outside, the weather. Um, but it's so nice inside. The place has gotten a nice paint job. Well, we've got we've got some, we've, we've, we've done the office up a little there's bit. been some changes nice. it looks beautiful yeah, yeah. don't be got, modest got some soft lighting yeah there is soft lighting, the soft lighting affects our, <laughs> our podcast this week um but also i would say it's very cold in this room normally you you come mm. here at the end of the day when it's yeah. very very warm it's fine usually <laughs> but in the morning the first thing is very cold so um sometimes i can't shake it so my hot tip for a cold day is wear two pairs of socks. That's a good tip. You should always do that in the cold weather. If you're always in have cold some spare office, socks, like we are. Um, so what are we going to discuss this week? Um, well, let's start with some news, I guess. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, uh, Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst's album, joint surprise album that came out um, last Thursday. Um, and but before that, we're going to discuss some uh, some news of interest. And uh, news reached us today that the Choice Music Prize Song of the Year nominees were announced. We are actually going to drop down to the, the launch afterwards. I know. So we are. But anyway, there's... Oh, uh, industry of us. Yes, exactly. Um, I think there's, a, you know, a, a, some mingling going on, some live performances from some of these acts. So will we go into the song of the year, the 10 acts and songs that were picked? Yeah, let's um, do it. And then I explain a little bit about afterwards about how this is all chosen. Song of the year for the Choice Music Prize is um, a... Uh, a, a kind of a sideline for the album of the year price uh, prize, which um, was announced earlier this uh, in January, and uh, the song of the year nominations include um, Fontaine's DC for Too Real, Niall Horan on the Loose. We have Hosier and Mavis Staples, Nina Cried Power, 
Gavin James, always. I think he's a previous winner. Alicia, uh, again. Mango and Matman featuring Day's Lord Heroes. We got Picture This, One Drink. Uh, Pillow Queens, Gay Girls. Saint Sister, Causing Trouble. The Cormac remix featuring Jafaris. And Wild Ute, Can't Move On. Uh, now, the way that this um, choice is, or this shortlist is arrived at, is actually very different to the album one, which is based on solely the judges' uh, mm. choices. And uh, the nominations are collated by 10 different judges, um, the choices of their um, uh, choices themselves. And then you get the uh, re- 10 list, uh, listed albums, shortlisted albums in the end. And then, But this song of the year is actually based on a very different thing. It's uh, Airplay, number one, three songs chosen from Airplay. So I guess from that list, you got Niall Horan, Gavin Hosier. James... Maybe Hosier, but maybe also picture this as well. Uh, yes. So three of those four. Um, and the other three are taken from Choice Panel Judges. I would guess out of that, we got Fontaine's DC. Pillow Queens. Uh, Pillow Queens. And... Saint Sister? I don't think just, it's Saint just Sister. Just because it's that specific hmm. remix? Well, I, I'll tell you why I think it's not that one in, in a second. Because... I think maybe the Hosier one probably is a, a choice. Judges, um, that's so that's three from them, three from Airplay, and then four by Two FM itself. Okay. So the reason I'm saying the the I think the Mango and Matman one and the Saint Sister ones are definitely Two FM's choices because they were both recorded in Two FM uh, studios, ah. which and um, live videos. Uh, and also artists they support, um, yeah. and they have shown support for in their 2018 Rising list. And um, so those two, I think, would be uh, part of that. Maybe Leisha as well, and uh, possibly Wild Youth, because they were one of the 2019 Rising bands that they ch- chose. Sure. So the Rising thing is like their new um, kind of um, the Irish version of the BBC Sound um, yeah. kind of thing. So some a way of supporting the uh, thing. The whole problem with this song of the year, <clears throat> and I'm going to go down and give them a, a good piece of my mind <laughs> after this, um, is that uh, they it is a public vote. And and you, you don't think that the, this choice should be in the hands of... No, the, the grubby public. The public cannot be trusted. <laughs> no, you know what? It's, They've I think it's never a, listened to a song in their lives. It's an unfair, um, it's a nice to have a shortlist, but the way that it's um, made in this kind of arbitrary way that 2FM gets to decide who should be on it because they are going to be playing these acts is like, is kind of against the spirit of it in a way. Sure, yeah, I guess that's I a good guess, point, yeah. Look, I guess that, you know, I understand that radio has to look after radio and that's part of what this is by giving their own choices mm-hmm. um, so they can play these choices. But um, isn't the whole idea is of uh, giving a bit more of a spotlight to artists that you haven't heard? Like mm-hmm. last year we had um, a, a surprise choice with Tandem Felix being on this song of the year list. Yes. And really, really a big surprise for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and... I'm sure that was, I don't know if that was, you can ask them if it was good for them, but um, it was certainly an interesting, different choice that you wouldn't have expected. Mm. This one is kind of a good cross-section of pop and uh, rap and alternative kind of stuff. Um, but my problem with it is that it is a public vote. You've got the likes So you've of, got like the directioners. Yeah. For, all, all it takes for one of these acts to immo- mobilize their uh, significant yeah. Irish fan base. Apparently it's only Irish IP addresses that yeah. will uh, be counted in this. In that case, like it's it's good. It's going to be picture this, right? It's that's. I a would no-brainer. put my money on picture picture this winning this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I have cast my vote. <laughs> you have. Uh, yes. You can cast it one once per day. Apparently. Once per day. Well, 
Once per computer per day. Yeah, yes. Um, oh, double devices. <laughs> double devices theory over here. Yeah. Uh, uh, who gone. who's your vote for? Uh, well, my yeah, my think Pillow Queen or I'd love Pillow Queens to yeah. win something like this or uh, Fontaines or Alicia. I think that's a great track. Um, Saint Sister and Mango and Matman. I don't think it's their best songs, and certainly not the remix from Saint Sister. They mm. have better songs on their album as opposed to a remix, which was I'm not sure if it was con- concocted for. A mobile phone um, like campaign actually. Okay, I'm not sure if that one because it's Cormac does a remix of it. Yeah, uh, as well I should mention, and uh, so it's hard to know if that actually is um, the vibe. But my problem with it is that like you have a, if you have a large fan base like Niall Horn or Gavin James or. Um, say picture this then you have a good chance of winning this yeah you got a real good chance of winning now last year chase and abby did win it um and that they're small enough a new emerging act um Mm. certainly got a lot of radio play um i guess my problem with this is that the mechanisms by which a song of the year irish song of the year needs a public vote doesn't really make sense to me anymore. It was start as far as I'm aware. In my estimation, this Irish Song of the Year was started as a sideline to um, give a carrot to uh, the mobile phone for operator. the sponsor. Yeah, yeah for the sponsor, yeah. and that made sense because it was like a texting yeah. mechanism. But yeah, here, so it's it's totally free to vote. Yeah, so now. you can just go onto RT's webpage and vote for whoever song yeah. you want to win. So I'm guessing. Like other than engaging the public in the Choice Music Prize as a whole and giving the radio what they want, I don't think it's very. F- it's not. No fair is the right word, but it's mm-hmm. not a great competition. Yeah, it's not something that you're like, oh, we won our song of the year. Yeah, um, I think it doesn't have the same prestige as the Irish album of the year. Definitely, um, and I think I like because I'd be really interested to know what the panels song of the year would be because it's a very different discussion than an album of the year it is um and i think that like i agree with there being some sort of public element but i don't know how you get around that kind of mobilized fan base issue where the nile horns and picture this is of the world are just going to win every single time what you could do is open up that the actual shortlisting to a public vote so that like one or two of those songs are Mm. but is that kind of interference still too much i think you could make people like register or something (laughs) (laughs) i don't know you know then they public have to say for the shortlist as opposed to the winner yeah Um, that's true the ultimate winner is decided by um now i know haven't been in the room for the uh choice judging uh process there's no way they could actually do that. Yeah, um, they've enough to on be getting on with. Night. Yeah, so that could, you know, maybe you could just. Be, I don't know how they do it, but anyway, um, look, it's great for all the acts um, and that are are there, and it's a nice boost, and um, hopefully they'll get something out of it. But it's hard to know. Like it's, I find it really hard to quantify what that kind of radio exposure um because you can't quantify it really it's like individual listeners when you're broadcasting radio you're never really 100% sure what the uh, outcome of us is but look it's cool that it exists I guess but I think the mechanism is kind of wrong in the way it works Mm. um and I think if it was the judges themselves picking it would be the Fontaines okay I think I think looking at the judging list and who they are and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you never know. Like yeah. well, that's a hypothetical and it doesn't For really me matter. it's it's Pillow Queens. 
Bill Queens. All yeah. the live long day. Yeah. yeah. Good one. Great. Um, great song. And speaking of awards, um, there was a viral list. Uh, if you're looking to put some bets on, mm. <laughs> if you can put a bet on, I don't think you can put bets on the choice anymore. Um, can you not? No, I, th- I thought the, um, the gambling powers that be let you bet on anything. Uh, well, maybe you have to go into a shop and do it. Yeah. You can't do it online. I don't go into betting shops. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm um, terrified of betting shops. I yeah. walk past them, and if somebody walks out, I'm like, oh, my God, are you? I don't understand what happens in there. It's a place where men go, and they've got like everything covered up and you can't see inside and they've got those tiny pens and, and just, just bedding slips on the floor yeah and they're all watching the horses and it's all it's a very strange world to me they're all watching horses <laughs> the horses are doing something by the way that horse is doing something what's what's he at i don't know put but a tenor it, on it but it is award season and with that the grammys is on the way this year and there was a leaked list uh, a tweet circulated on twitter that was since deleted to, uh, purported to show a video of leaked grammy winners on the official recording academy website the listed winners now i'm using winners in in um uh, pull quotes there included um cardi b for record of the year for i like it h-e-r for album of the year and lady gaga for song of the year shallow um it was a twitter account called at main pop data <laughs> who first tweeted it out um and but the recording academy have said the list is fake but you know cancelled you never know i mean but they what they said was that there's no legitimate legitimacy to this uh video grammy awards results are not shared even with the recording academy staff members until the day of the grammy awards ceremony when name, i believe that names of the recipients are delivered by the accounting firm deloitte mm-hmm. we know how reliable they can be thanks to the oscars <laughs> um in sealed envelopes um mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but like, you know, maybe, I maybe, well maybe you could throw that. a few quid on, on one of those and you never know, you might get something yeah. out of it. Um, not to condone uh, betting, but you're, you're probably all grown up, so you can do what you like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't don't take our word for it. Yeah. Go um, and and take this fake Twitter account's word for yeah. it. But um, yeah, no, it's, they, they couldn't have possibly decided it by now. No. The well, Grammys are for ages. I mean, somebody must know. I mean, somebody has to put them in the envelope so, in the first place. Yeah, so the only people that are going to know are the printers, the graphic designer who's going to make the social tweets for the like Academy account, and but that's what it seems to be suggesting it, really, that it right? came from their website. Mm. Um, and so, why would it be up on their website if it wasn't real? Unless it was like, well, why room? why would it be, be on be their website draft. anyway? Yeah, I don't know. I like, I, like, did somebody put it in the back end of WordPress as a draft? And yeah, <laughs> well, somebody found it. Published? Stranger things have happened mm. with websites. I remember um, before people got very savvy finding the electric picnic lineups way before you should have really <laughs> by just yeah. going into like i think it was like 2010 or 2009 or something like that yeah you, could, you looked around at the back end enough i got sent a link i think to it and you could find it that's hilarious like, here's the lineup for electric picnic <laughs> and it was like the day before it was supposed to be announced you yeah like, oh there you go oh you'd that's be raging it. <laughs> that's but, gas. Um, awards season and competitions are upon us and one competition that's coming uh, on the way is the Eurovision and there was some big news Hope. today um big big news huge uh, I, I news mean, huge in fact yes so uh without further ado i'm just going to it's going to play a bit of this and then you'll know uh, where we're going with this Yes, that is the rude sandstorm. <laughs> Good up. 
Um, that is the Rude Sandstorm. <laughs> so, the news. Why are we playing the Rude Sandstorm? We don't other need a reason. Other than the fact that you don't need a reason. Exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. You don't need a reason to do that. Um, so, the uh, Rude is going to compete in the Eurovision this year. Yay! <laughs> the veteran DJ will represent Finland at the Global Singing Competition as a duo alongside a vocalist, Sebastian Raymond. Um, I, I hope the vocalist is just singing over this track going like every lad at a festival yeah, yeah, yeah. just a just a chorus of, yeah. of, of lads for the tops off acoustic uh, version of sandstorm <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge challenge for me in many ways Darude has said about his choices uh, the pair will re- uh, release three new tracks with one to be selected for the May event in Israel um, but uh, yeah Darude Sandstorm like I'm sure it's going to sound very similar to this because he would be remiss not to uh, release something that is has the echoes and spirit yeah. of this kind of music, wasn't it? Absolutely. Like, well, it, I mean, it, it is a singing competition, though. It is a singing competition. Um, do you know any other Gerud songs? <laughs> no. I don't know any the, other. Why would you? I mean, like, I'm sure it sounds exactly like, like this. Like, it is basically the perfect song. Yeah. I can't fault it. There's, no, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Um, and I don't know. I think he's... Is it he or they? It's it's a he. Yes, okay. his name is Tony Villa Henrik Vertinan, um, also known as Rude Boy, also known as Da Rude. Um, he is <gasps> forty three. Yeah. Oh. He is forty three years of age. He's from Finland, and uh, yeah, uh, he says um, this is a huge challenge for me in many ways. When I was asked to represent Finland, I felt at first a bit scared <laughs> there's no way I could say no to my country it is an honour to be part of this incredible experience and I only have positive expectations well you might want to lower your expectations because Eurovision is known to kill people's uh, uh, dreams so yeah. just just saying just saying keep it keep it like you know watch out for yourself I do really. always get really anxious when kind of known people are going to do the um, the Eurovision like you know when pop stars and stuff do it I'm like oh god how is this going to go because there's you Nobody ever looks good at the Eurovision. No. Like it's always, it, it's a very strange, uncanny experience even watching it. I'd love to go to it some year. It's maybe, it's like a bit of a dream of mine to actually go to the Eurovision. Yeah. Um, may, maybe crack. someday. Maybe it's, not. I'm sure it's just year. good watching it on TV though. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's such, it's such gas crack. I was actually on the, uh, one of the uh, panels. Speaking of RTE, I went into RTE last year and was on a panel um, to they they did a season I think a series of like four or five panels where they had people in listen to like 45 50 songs something like that and then mm-hmm. you marked them with the three or four of the people that were in the room at the time and, uh, and then you give your recommendation to what song they should pick um, for <laughs> the Eurovision for the Eurovision <gasps> for the Irish entry oh my gosh um, and it was a great crack it was just like an afternoon thing really enjoyed it um but the only thing about it was they definitely didn't <laughs> listen to what we had to say. No. I've actually been trying to find the song um, that we picked. And it was a real mixed bag that day. There was a song, I think, so anybody in, in Europe can submit a song for any country, yeah. I think. And we had, there was some like, um, maybe Ukraine, I want to say Ukraine, I don't know why, but Ukrainian like pirate song. Okay. That was like, you could imagine it was like, ho, 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 pirate's life for me kind of thing. Yes. And you're like, oh God, don't pick this one. Because, you know, like somebody's going to pick this. Yeah. Um, it didn't get picked in the end, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes back around this year. I think the um, the one that we really enjoyed, there was a song that was like, basically Galway Girl by Ed Sheeran, but it was like, it was called my, 
Banana boy or something like that. Okay. I don't know. It was something yeah. so on the nose. You're like, okay, we get it. Yeah, we get what you're trying to do. Galway girl and is it, a thing. Yeah, it was like Avicii, wake me up, kind of buzz as well. And, <laughs> then, and there was a really nice song, um, and it was very much like a Dua Lipa vibe. And I actually, I, probably, I must look and at my notes back and see if I can remember the woman's name. Um, uh, she didn't have anything online. She might have been on like The Voice or something like that. Okay, but it was a really cool track, and I was like, I must investigate that further. Yeah, I've not seen anything about didn't, it. Didn't Didn't Ireland used to decide our Eurovision entry by a sing a talent competition on TV? Uh, yes, Is that like you're a star or one of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was it you're a star? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We should do that again. Well, it didn't work out because we haven't won in so many years, and that's, yeah, that's, that's why people are like, "Oh, this isn't working anymore." Um, which I totally get, but that's fine, isn't it? We do, yeah. do we need to win again. We, I'm fine. With what about all those conspiracies about the Eurovision and how um, it's given to? It's already like it's all fixed, and it's given to countries that really need it. Like it probably is. The Eurovision is a political act. Like it's, I, I, I feel very strongly. <laughs> Eurovision is a political act. Yes. <laughs> That's my book. Look out for it in 2020. That's why they let Australia in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe Brexit's going to be a big theme this year, uh, with the UK. I yeah. I'm very I can excited. Imagine a lot of borders and walls. Yes. Um, yes. It's going to be a strange time for the world to come together in a singing competition, but thank God we do it. Yeah. True. Um, so one artist that uh, he's been um, making a name for himself, not for his music, but for his funny disposition on Twitter, Aww. is uh, James Blunt. Lovely sound boy, James Blunt. <laughs> his music is terrible, but yeah. it doesn't matter because he's actually like gas on Twitter. Uh, most recently, he responded to a tweet um, on Twitter uh, last week from Stu Morris, and who said to James, my sister just got married at Reef Villa, Sri Lanka, and apparently they're staying in the same room as you did. What we want to know, did you bang in that bed? Could be their claim to fame. And he just responded and retweeted with a comment. Sadly not. I had a dodgy tummy that night and shat the bed. Oh, Do send James. them my regards. <laughs> we were saying, we were talking about this before we were recording and I was saying that uh, James Bunt is up there with Josh Groban. Uh, for me, as just someone that is very unlikely for me to just adore as a person but I I love James Blunt I love Josh Groban and they exist in the same little area of my heart together <laughs> and I just I root for James Blunt so Re much retweeting each other in your heart yeah <laughs> I'd love if he would just released a banger yeah sent him to the Eurovision <laughs> Maybe they will. It's not yeah, too they should. Uh, but he's been continued that uh, theme recently in terms of how he talks about things. It's a running theme, it seems, in the, in his tweets for oh, the last dear, yeah, in terms I'm, of responses. Um, and Simon Rowe tweeted at him, in Florida on holiday of a lifetime, and my wife tells me to turn James Blunt down as we're on holidays enjoying the moment because it's annoying the shit out of her. And he just responded, well, you need to get the shit out of her somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and then last summer, uh, somebody tweeted, uh, waiting for James Blunt to get on stage with a picture of an empty stage. And he just said, running late. Sorry, I've got the shits. So it's a running theme with him. It's oh, a running joke. James. That's a, that's a, probably what he, he is most known for now, other than his song. Oh, no. Yeah, he's really good at Twitter. I'm I'm looking through his Twitter now and he's just, oh, he's really good. Good job, James. We good love job. you. Uh, Come on the pod. <laughs> Come on the pod. Um, We'd like to interview you. One, one act we won't want on the pod ever, uh, who have a contentious history with Ireland, oh. who are coming back, are Swedish House Mafia. Oh, God. So yeah. they, in 2012, they split um, 
I think it was maybe 2011 or 2010 when the Phoenix Park gig happened where somebody got stabbed. Uh, at least mm-hmm. one person got stabbed. At yeah, there was a lot of injuries as well um, at that uh, Phoenix Park gig and a lot of hand wringing and uh, I don't know. It was a very uh, strange yeah day. Very strange day. I was um, at the zoo that day. And you were close. I was close by. So for anybody that just doesn't know, Dublin Zoo is in the Phoenix Park where the uh, where the gig took place. And I had to get the 46A to the zoo that day with the with the gig goers. Oh, and yeah. good God, it was it was a sight to behold. Let me tell you. Um, and I was walking around the zoo looking at the monkeys and the and the bits and bobs and the cute animals. And I could just hear like Swedish ex mafia <laughs> nearby playing nearby. And then yeah, that, that what a what a strange gig that was. Very yeah. violent, very awful, terrible day for uh, gigs in Ireland. Um, but they it hasn't got them down because they're back. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they were tempted by money because you know that's why they quit in twenty twelve. But sure, they've been given an offer they can't refuse apparently. And they already played Miami's Ultra Fest last year, and they're going to be mounting a massive tour this year. Presumably, it will not come to Ireland. Um, mm. I would imagine the uproar would be just too much for the country to contain. In yeah. terms of nobody wants that. Also, Swedish House Mafia are, are, are really bad. Well, I mean, that, does that need to be said? Probably. Yeah, like we do, like no, <laughs> probably not. We know that now. We kn- we knew that then. We don't need to be reminded. Yes, um, but anyway, yeah, that's yes. too bad music, bad, bad times. Bad. Don't do it, lads. Yeah, yeah, don't come back. Well, <laughs> uh, we move on to some uh, to our album of the week this week, uh, which is a album that was surprise dropped on us uh, last week from Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst, uh, and they were teasing an album um, using a lot of like uh, hotlines and kind of um, infomercial graphics. Turns out the album is called Better Oblivion Community Center, and this is the lead track from it. It is called Dylan Thomas. So that's the sound of Phoebe Bridgers and um, Connor Oberst together on an album called Better Oblivion Community Center. So where did this album come from? Well, Oberst and Bridgers uh, first um, featured on each other's tracks, I think, uh, in the last couple of years. Clearly have developed a, a working relationship. What started as one song became a few songs and then turned out to be an album. Um, one thing led to another. And yes. 
Made an album. So it's the year of indie collabs, or, or it's Yay. the era of indie collabs. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Phoebe Bridges herself has been uh, working with uh, Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus uh, recently as Boy Genius. They released six tracks in October, November last year. And uh, Oberst has always had an ear for collaborations as well. Uh, what was the band he was in called with Jim James and Monsters of Men? Is it Monsters of Men? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I was, I'm was i not a huge uh, Conor Orbos fan, fan, I'll say that now, but um, uh, I mean, I haven't listened to a lot of his records in the last 10 years, I'd say. Yeah. I, I was a big Bright Eyes fan back in the day. Me too, yeah. Um, well, not big, but like, I liked his records. Oh, I was, as you can imagine, a big Bright <laughs> this Eyes This is right fan. up your street and it's parked in your driveway. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a lot of indie like album collaborations recently. Kurt Boyle and Courtney Barnett uh, last year. We had, uh, at the moment, St. Vincent's producing the new Slater-Kinney album. Jenny Lewis's forthcoming record features Ryan Adams and Beck. And then Even we stuff like Big Red Machine. and Big like Red Machine, just, exactly. Just kind of super groups. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of collaborations going on. Maybe the nature of recording and all that stuff and Spotify and streaming means that it's much easier to get that music out there. Yeah. But also, it's good to have new material if you're in a band. And we like one of our favorite records from last year, Julia Jacqueline, went off and did a side project called Fantastic Furniture. Yeah. Um, again, just another collaboration that is separate to her own thing. So I, th- I think like a collaboration, and it, I, th- I think it's true of this record, it's. I always feel like there's a bit less pressure on the individual artists as well. So th- like when they, they have these kind of side project or super group sort of thing going on, the stakes are a little bit lower yeah. because if it fails, you can kind of talk well, there's it no up expectation. To, so. Yeah. And you can just chalk it up to experimentation if, if it doesn't really go well. And then I imagine that the, the process of writing and recording it, there's that kind of sense of freedom. You know, you're not writing your big third record as a band or anything. You're just, you know, experimenting with another another yeah. artist which is quite cool so i think it's pretty obvious from uh, when you hit play on this album that the two of uh, bringers and oberst are pretty comfortably comfortable fit yeah musically and melodically there's a lot of harmonies on the album tip where they harmonize together there's a lot of lyrics that kind of um, gel well together it's sometimes hard to know who wrote the words mm. or who wrote the song essentially like it seems to be a very much a collaborative thing but particularly with the lyrics uh, there's a lot of echoing of, of kind of similar ideas in the, in the album a lot about um you know being adrift from the rest of the world a bit of alienation a bit of um, especially in the modern world a lot of lost souls in there yeah. as well um they do fit like a glove for the most part uh for me and that kind of chemistry papers over some of the album's lack of arrangements, which I think, I think that's it, that's the only thing I would say about this album. I've actually I've listened to it a lot today, um, and it came out last Thursday. First listen, I wasn't that grabbed by it. I'm a big fan of Phoebe Bridgers. Her, her material, I really really like what she's doing. Um, so it's just interesting to hear. Um, but I really feel like this is a lyrics album. It is an album to explore in that fashion. There's some is some nice music on and nice touches, nice arrangements, but it's very much straight down the barrel in terms of what you would expect from uh, Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers. It's like it's a bit of soft rock, bit of acoustic lead ballads, bit of folk rock, bit of alt country. Yeah, and it's all kind of in that mix, and it supports the songs. Yeah, I agree. I I definitely think that the the lyrics are what you hang on to while listening to this album. Um, in terms of there's there's a lot in, in in a lot of the tracks. It it feels like 
maybe at the beginning of the songwriting process they started with like a singular image and then kind of worked out from there which is really cool I'm thinking specifically of um Chesapeake which is my favorite track on the album it's just a gorgeous song that just hangs on this one image of um a a girl uh on a boy's shoulders at a gig and that's like the one image but there's so much built upon that that yeah, the, the the two of them working together with it, even though they're, they're singing the exact same lyrics and the exact same line throughout, it just, it feels even more like a dialogue than other tracks on the album. And yeah, it, it like it, it, it can lack here and there in terms of arrangement and in terms of some of the songs don't feel full, maybe. Yeah. But there are moments on it, like, um, what was the song I'm thinking of? Is it uh, D- Dylan Thomas is just like, a straight up brilliant country song you know and it's it's like that's the one we just heard there yeah it's like it's motels it's bars it's corvettes and it manages to pull all these things off without being kind of too corny or too like it's doing an impression of a country song Mm. um that's down to the two of them and their vocal delivery together they sound so at ease with each other they do um, BB Bridgers is belting it out maybe a bit more than she would normally for yeah, her Yeah, it's really nice to hear her so confident. And yeah. I think like bec- I I think that that's a bit of a theme in the album as well because she is she was and is such a huge fan of Conor Oberst. It's like it's as if he's sort of he he's beside her pushing the bike along while she's mm, pedaling, you yeah. know, and and but not not in a way that is, you know. It's very. It feels very of an equal partnership here for sure. It and does. I went back and I'm just looking at the lyrics and kind of like they seem to be evenly split in terms of singular voices as well. Mm. So it's not like she was brought in to augment these songs mm. or anything like that. It's very much an equal partnership. Um, yeah, this doesn't sound like a bright eyes record with a girl on it. No, you know, no. it's it's very. It I, I I would lean more towards this being her record than yeah, his. Yeah, and I think she's just really strong as a songwriter, and mm. I really feel like a lot of the melancholy that she has it's kind of like she does kind of take over in that way because she has that kind of voice and that's what i like about her music as well because she has she's able to bring up that mood to her music and it comes in here and it actually makes him sound a lot more um i I don't want to say like rejuvenated necessarily but it does sound like he's perked up a little bit i um, think so too and you know, like lyrically, there's a lot of very uh, close parallels as well. You talked about like Dylan Thomas's song about drinking yourself into oblivion, like the title or uh, referencing uh, the Welsh poet who drank himself to death. There is uh, actually the next song, Service Road, is probably the only one I think that feels a bit more autobiographical in terms mm-hmm. of one of them. Uh, it's actually about uh, Conor Oberst's brother who died in the same way, really, uh, in 2016 and about his memories and about him singing about his brother and how he should let go, I wish he could let go of certain things or things that his brother said that he could never take back because he's no longer here. Um, and then there's, um, like, I love the first song, I, d- I didn't know uh, what I was in for, a song about kind of, being in a comfortable place in the world and trying to do some good but like or trying to at least trying to fake maybe faking doing something good like going she talks about uh i didn't know what i was in for when i signed up for that run there's no way i'm curing cancer but i'll sweat it out i feel so proud now for all the good i've done Mm. you know it's like these empty things that not empty things necessarily but like things we do to make ourselves feel better when we're trying to help other people i think that that song works so well like lyrics like that 
work so well because you have these two alternating perspectives singing the same thing like Phoebe Bridges is is so much younger um like of, of the two voices that are singing here so when when she's singing a line like that you kind of you feel this vulnerability and naivety and this sort of like she's learning a lesson for the first time whereas when he's delivering the line it's got this kind of weariness and this kind of like it's weighted with experience and it's these two vastly different perspectives on this same thing and I think that they do that so well they do it so well on that song and and on a few others where it's it's as if they're 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 both just coming at the same point from from a different place in life and in kind of yeah in 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 life I suppose but mostly to do with their age but you know, just even things like experience and experience in the industry, experience yeah. in the world. And she's she's a lot more, you know, the, I, I read an interview with the two of them and he was saying that um, he feels really old when she's explaining memes to him. <laughs> and that that's the only time when he really notices an age difference between the two of them that she'll, she'll be like, oh, look at this. And he's like, I don't get it. I don't know what that means. Um, but I think that, She's twenty three, is that right? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think 39? so. I think yeah, it's old. it's around that. Yeah, but he I suppose know what, when he, know, he should know what a, a meme is or a meme. He should know <laughs> what, a, what a meme is. Yes, um, but I, I guess oh, he he doesn't seem like the type to Maybe you know not. refresh He's, his Instagram every no, ten minutes or anything. But I but I think there's a real sweetness in that in that he has all this kind of experience of of the world, but she has all this experience of this world. Yeah, and both are just as valid when you're talking about kind of isolation in the, in the modern world and, and that kind of thing. They're both equally valid perspectives. There's a lovely part in that song, Service uh, Road, uh, where she kind of echoes his sentiment like he's singing about, he's saying farewell so long to his brother, to the trouble that you made and hate is gone. And she comes in and is like, who, who, who are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. Just a really nice touch. And it's something that um, we're mostly there harmonizing together. It's nice to hear some uh, call and response kind of ideas yeah. where, where it's a kind of a traditional backing vocal, but it yeah. works really well and elevates the song. Um, there's a couple of other songs on here that we're mentioning for sure. Big Black Hearts has Nick Zinner. Uh, bringing some guitar fuzz to it and kind of turns into a big kind of 90s alt-rock yeah. vibe for me. Uh, Oberst uh, also, um, yeah, it, it works really well. All this freedom just freaks me out. He sings on My City, which is a, a song I like on the album for sure. Um, he does get to, he maybe has a couple more verses than uh, Phoebe Bridgers perhaps, but I think she equips herself so well on this because i think she's just she cuts through the noise in a lot of ways for me mm. um, as an artist um i don't think it for her for me i don't know if um it quite matches either of their own work but maybe that's not the point mm. you know it's kind of like it's something that you can take on its own the nice thing about this album it might not be toured it might not be played they did a performance on colbert yeah. with the full band with nick center and everybody um the last song on the album is a cover actually by a guy called taylor hollingsworth um i really like the last song yeah so it's, it's kind of where they they it's the only part in the album that doesn't sound like a straight up kind of folk or country song you know where it's it's there's a little bit more experimentation in the production and stuff which is it's really cool it's a, it's a cool way to end the album so um if you were giving this a mark out of uh five what would you give it oh god 
We we don't do marks, do no, we? But I'm, Who are I, we? I, no I, encore. I, I want to check your pulse on this one because I'm yeah. I mean, trying to decide where I would where I land I'm, with this I'm one. I'm not sure. Like I, I've listened to it a lot today. A couple of days ago, I didn't think I'd come back to it, and now I feel like I will come back to at least three or four songs. It it took me a couple of listens to gra- grasp it. I will say that I didn't. I wasn't grabbed by it until maybe my third listen, and until I really li- li- had a chance to listen to the lyrics. Um, so I. It's mm, yeah, but wh- whereas now I like ha- having had uh, having kind of broken through, so to speak, um, I I can enjoy the kind of the musicality of it and stuff. So I d- I, I really I don't know. I'd I'd have a better time marking it at a ten. Yeah, go on. In which case, I give it a seven point five. Yeah, it's about seven for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I there's definitely three or four songs I can see myself going back for, and I know. And there's a couple of songs that I could take off the album as well. Yeah, um, second song is uh, yeah. not great, and there's a couple of others for sure. But um, you know, generally, I I enjoyed it. Um, I I feel like this is a, a nice standalone album. It did remind me. I think I think that's the thing when you kind of like don't go near an uh, an artist for a long time, mm. it can feel overwhelming to go near their uh, discography again, yeah. especially when you look. I looked at. The amount of albums he released since the last album so that I, Connor Oberst, like oh, he has released so many albums in the last ten years. Yeah, and I'm like, I haven't heard any of them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, me neither. And I was, I was a, a, a really big like Bright Eyes fan, and then for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I went through like a couple of years where I didn't listen to Bright Eyes because I was like, no, it's just too sad. I have to listen to some happy music now. And then I kind of fell away from him. But this has actually made me want to go and investigate those albums further and see see if the things that i enjoy in this are present there cool well that is better oblivion community center we'll finish from phoebe bridgers and uh connor obers we'll finish uh this segment with a track uh, the opening track actually here's a flavor of it didn't know what i was in for got a job and i'll work here for the summer i fold the towels and set them by the pool Everyone looks happy with each other Until they step away and say the thing they really meant It always sounds so cool That is our album of the week from Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers. We're going to move on to our uh, songs of the week. And we got uh, kicking off our songs of the week is Jafaris with a new track called Time. Get out the woodworks, man, my knees hurt. Went all the way to the bottom of the big bad world with my feet first. I don't see her, I just am hurt. 
too broke For the rich folks, too paid for the unpaid I don't want a backspace neither I need to feed the so-calls So I need to really go global But I don't drive no motor Man, I'm just still so local This is me Downplaying my achievements As I hear me on TV What happened to me? I never thought I actually Ever find a passion to be Me 100 like 250s In the back of another man Another man's wallet Sometimes the thing you need Is just some time for yourself Get up, get out Go find your peace But you wouldn't be free If not for he Sometimes the thing you need Is just some time for yourself Get up, get out Go find your peace But you wouldn't be free that is Jafaris and the song is called Time and that is a the first track from him from a forthcoming album on March 8 called Stride. Now Jafaris, um, who, a quick overview I guess of who, he's, who he is, uh, was in the film Sing Street a few years ago, has been building his career um, over the last few years with um, Diffusion Lab, uh, showing great promise and uh, releasing some great tunes as both um, in the R&B and rap pop sphere, I guess, mm-hmm. he's a bit more, he's quite um, diverse in terms of his style. He's got a few things going on. Um, this song um, was notably featured as the cover, and it's, this is Welcome to 2019. Um, it is <laughs> the, the album uh, cover, a playlist cover for New Music Friday UK um, last Friday. And as such, there was a lot of interest in Jafaris all of a sudden from the UK industry. And so that's interesting that like he's kind of been building his career a little bit. So album is coming. He's been working with Diffusion Lab for a long time. I'm interested to see where this goes. I really like this. Um, I was a bit, um, I was surprised a little bit that it was very different from, mm. from me. He's only, he's kind of been trying out different styles, I think. And this is kind of more in between the... He'd had a track out last year called Found My Feet, which was very much like the rap style. And this one is more like softer R&B buzz. What do you think of this? I really, really like this. I think it's great. I think the... um I, th- I think it opens so strongly. It kind of just hits you. It's, his, his flow, particularly in the first verse, is really, really good. And it's got this like really nice affirming message at the center of it. It's just like... It's just kind of like, you know pulling yourself together it's got this kind of strange yeah. positivity in in light of darkness kind of thing it's really yeah it's really really cool i i listened to it a, a good bit today like on repeat like when it would end i kind of go back to the start and yeah really like it cool would, would like more of this kind of style yeah i'd be interested sure. to see what the album is like and how he gets on this year i think he is uh poised potentially to uh, go on to much bigger things yeah, internationally so. yeah. um he's a very cool dude he's uh, got a bit of a star quality going on for sure um you know diffusion lab have been making some interesting inroads and and uh, getting a lot of support from spotify as i mentioned um but i think there's a lot more to come from him and i think he just needs a bigger slightly bigger platform mm. um and i could see him being a big artist for sure yeah I look forward to the album. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Um, so uh, one one young artist is already massive, but just announced her debut album today is Billie Eilish, and she dropped a track called "Bury a Friend." What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? scared of me why do you care for me when we all fall asleep where do we go come here say it spit it out 
what is it exactly? The pain is the amount cleaning you out and my satisfactory. Today I'm thinking about the things that are deadly. The way I'm drinking you down, like I wanna drown, like I wanna end me. Step on the glass, staple your tongue. Billy Eilish would uh, bury a friend, a song that came out uh, a couple of hours ago, uh, announcing her debut album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Uh, echoed in that song, down on March 29th. Now, she's only 17 years old, but she's been a rising absolute artist. mental. I know. What? <laughs> she's, she's been a rising artist for like three years, maybe, since she was 14. Um, interesting enough, the album was recorded with her brother Phineas um, in their childhood home in Los Angeles. And uh, she's already pretty big in mm. terms of fan bases mm. so it seems an inevitability that Billie Eilish is she already is huge there's no point in saying it otherwise um, I think uh, one of our writers Ruth is going to see her in Milan soon oh nice one Ruth <laughs> so she's gonna check out uh, Billie Eilish um, what do you think of this it's very much like there's a bit of a Marilyn Manson vibe to that baseline. This song is unreal. It's deadly. I it know is that. unreal. I think it's it's Black Skinhead by Kanye. Yeah, it's that as it, well. It, it, it's, um, it's got this just gorgeous darkness to it. Like the, I can't believe I didn't know she was seventeen. I can't believe she's, not, she's seventeen. Yeah, like it, this is actually it's such an unreal song. It's it sounds. It's like a challenging listen, do you know? It's yeah. it, it really just stops you in your tracks. The lyrics are dark as all hell. Yeah. Um, I'm like, how? You don't have enough life well. experience yet, do you? The video as well is, is I haven't even watched darker. The, the video. It's very horror filled. There's a lot of like, there's a, if you don't like needles, Okay. As it being stuck in somebody's back, don't watch it. I love that. So the, the, that's <laughs> well, right everyone loves street. that, right? No, but it is it is kind of a horror kind of style video. Yeah. I think there was um, ad libs in it. Might be Travis Scott. I think okay. um, it looks like him in the video anyway. I just got a brief glimpse of it, but uh, it is great song. It's and so good. She really excels at that real moody, minimal pop stuff. But mm. this is the most complete track I've heard from her yet. Mm. She makes Lord looks like a a princess like from a Disney movie yeah. by comparison in terms of like disposition. Yeah. She's dark as all hell and she um, is consumed by it it seems and like what I like about this is that you know here she is Billie Eilish this artist trending in, in, in the major label machinations and unlike say somebody who we talked about brief, uh, last week uh, Maggie Rogers whose album maybe slightly goes in the other direction and goes mm. a bit more mainstream Billy Eilish is digging deep and not uh, letting go of that kind of totally. darkness that she has totally. in her music. Like it's just so, it's so accomplished and like knowing, I don't know, it's it, like I, I, I was properly like floored by it when I listened to it today. It's, it's unbelievable. I can't wait to, to hear more of her and debut album, like God, 17. Yeah, I think only... 
over the weekend I was here tidying up the office and I was kind of like listening to uh, a podcast that was talking about Billy Eilish from NPR and it was like you know because she's been talked about in this like we're, she's gonna break mm. uh, very soon uh, I was kind of starting to go I don't know if this will ever happen for Billy Eilish mm. and and then this comes out and you're like oh right okay yeah, yeah. E- even if this isn't what breaks her this is already like a, a career defining sort kind of song like this is this song is gonna be big I think yeah and I think it's gonna be a song we'll be talking about at the end of the year for already. sure it's song of the year so song far of the year, it's Wednesday lads. 30th of January <laughs> and we found the song of the year <laughs> certainly in terms of pop music what I like about it is it's uncompromising in what it does um, and she seems to be an uncompromising artist and I really respect that for a 17 year old nothing wrong there's not there's a lot of uh, minimal zeitgeisty pop music out there but she seems to be she's doing it well on, on her own way, yeah. wavelength for sure um, so that is Billie Eilish and we're going to move on to a track from uh, Empress Of and Perfume Genius doing a, a rework or cover version uh, of her song When I'm With Him. So that is a new version of Empresses of uh, When I'm With Him, which I know you're a big fan of, yeah. from last year, from her album, Us, I think it was called, right? Us. Uh, Great song. I, I've listened to the album a fair bit, actually, recently, um, and I really enjoy it. Um, you weren't as convinced by the album as a whole, if I remember. No, but I think the the song was up there with one of one of the best of the year for me, definitely. Yeah, it definitely takes this song in different directions. Um, production is by a producer called Jamie Stack, um, and he does a lot of kind of cool melodic, uh, weird dance music as well. And I really like this kind of alternative version. It's kind of got those big eighties drums and different kind of vibe completely. And uh, I'm into this hmm. as. I, I expect to be, to be honest. Yeah. I'm definitely into this. Um, she's actually playing in Dublin uh, on the 28th of March, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her live. And she's playing Whelan's as well, so a good place to see her. Definitely. Um, I thought I'd be more into this than I am. You said hook it into my veins. <laughs> that <laughs> was in response to you sending it to me. I hadn't yet listened to it. <laughs> ah, uh, no, I do. Right. I re- I do really, really like it. But you know, when, when, when you say about those like big 80s drums and that big kind of bombast, I, I kind of want more. You want more of that? Yeah. I think, I think there, there are moments in the song where it, it could have been pushed a bit further that way. And it wasn't. It maybe held back a little bit. Um. Don't get me wrong, really enjoyable. And it's it's really nice to hear the song kind of recontextualized. But 
um I kind of wanted more bombast from it once once I started hearing those kind of like 80s drums and synths and stuff coming in I was like okay strap right. yourself in <laughs> and then it never really kind of hit well, um, we can send over some notes to uh to yeah do you know what? I will. I, I might do. I'm sure. You know, you'd... Twitter is a really good place to, to give some feedback. <laughs> hey actually. guys, just a bit of feedback. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'm sure I, do, I do like it. Uh, it's just, yeah. Okay. Well, I like this. I mean, it is a, a kind of a one-off, uh, like alternative version, I guess. It's mm. not going to feature on any album or anything like that, but I really uh, was glad to hear this today. Yeah. Uh, one of my all-time favorite bands is Social Broken Social Scene, and they had uh, have a new EP coming out in February, and from it, this is called All I Want. Long That is Broken Social Scene with All I Want, and they have a new EP out on the 15th of February. It is called uh, Let's Try the After, Volume 1. I'm pleased to hear this because I feel like this is a slightly different vibe. I mean, basically, it's not Kevin Drew just doing his Kevin Drew thing. Uh, as the de facto leader of the band, uh, it feels like a group effort, and that's what I really like about it. It doesn't feel like uh, broken social be seen by numbers which sometimes their music can feel like um, I'm pretty content at this stage with getting uh, one or two really good songs from an album from Broken Social Scene every year or whatever they arrive and seeing them live I'm pretty happy with that what yeah. yourself? Uh, yeah really really like this uh, f- fan of the band as well and I think that this song like you said it's it's it sounds and feels like a group ep- effort um, I think the chorus is really strong I think everything on it just kind of works again songs with really strong openings this week um this this opens really really strongly and it's yeah i can't really fault it it's it's fantastic Uh, yeah really really like it interesting to note it is actually the last um song on the ep of the Mm. five that will be released so who knows if it's like they uh it's not. It doesn't seem to be the main track in the in the traditional sense of track listings. On, mm. But an EP can be different, I guess. But usually, yeah. Like um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine this to be like the the big single off anything. No. But I. But I don't think that that um, in any way doesn't mean it's a it's a great song. Do you know? It's 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 really really strong. Yeah, great. That's it for tracks of the week this week. Um, uh, Joy, I'm going to ask you um, our customary question. What are you listening? I always watching, forget we're going to do reading this, this week. Have to think. Um, so I can tell you mine if you'd prefer. Yeah, yeah, you go. Um, so the book in front of you, as you can see, oh, is yes. called uh, "Inner City Pressure: The Story of Grime." Started reading that uh, this week. It is a very interesting story of the London grime scene coming uh, from all of the pirate radio stations and uh, the background behind it. Really good on the socio economic 
uh, background of London and how that um, feeds into uh, how grime develops in London, um, particularly in the area of Canary Wharf and where a lot of the radio station towers and where people like Dizzy Rascal are from. I'm only a couple of chapters in really at the moment, but I'm really enjoying this story. It's It reminds me a lot of the, um, the hip-hop book, uh, Can't Stop, Can't can't won't don't stop yeah um the story of hip-hop um which gives you a really good that really good socio-political background into new york um, and the how rap develops around that mm. and paints a really interesting picture even though this is very recent history it still feels like um you know you really are learning a lot because um, it really does i guess probably people weren't expecting grime to be such a big thing because it had it had Grime is in its, what, second wave probably at the mm. moment in terms of, like, it had a big wave with Roll Deep and all that kind of stuff, and it never really took off, and now it's so international with the likes of Stormzy and uh, a lot of respect for people like Gigs and uh, Skepta and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it, this book has arrived at the right time for me. It is going to be turned into a... Uh, it's by Dan Hancocks. Uh, it's going to be turned into, apparently, a TV show is being picked up um, oh, to be turned cool. into a TV series. So you can look out for that. Uh, soon i would recommend that for sure um i've also been watching the third season of true detective oh yes it's very good with what's her name in it who i like um she was in uh, uh scott pilgrim and and did... um who's oh, that? No, wait, wait no i'm not thinking of true detective <laughs> i'm thinking of um a different show never mind Okay, well, Sorry. tell me what that is. <laughs> it stars Stephen Dorff in, in a career resurgence for him. Um, it stars uh, Mahershala. That's how you say it. There we go. Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. Yes. Got it in one. He's, he's a brilliant actor. He's got a strong presence, but sometimes I can't really understand what he's saying. Sure. But he's great, and uh, I'm really enjoying. And there's four episodes it's, uh, into the third season, and it has a lot of echoes of the first season and uh, it's gripped me mm. and I found it very captivating. So Mahershara Ali, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> so I remember Excellent. Mahershara Ali. I was thinking and, of Fargo, uh, by the way. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of season um, three of Fargo. That's, that's brilliant. Oh, it's so that, good. Yeah. TV it's not as good as the first two, but it's, it's really very like good. And I, I love yeah. Carrie Coon. If she's in, in anything, I, I love her. Yeah. Um, the uh, the leftovers oh so, stop yeah. i could i could talk for hours about the leftovers um look out for our side <laughs> podcast <laughs> just, just about that show um, um so what have you been listening or reading or so i've been reading recently? i i have a book too i've been reading this which is hunger makes me a modern girl by carrie brownstein uh it is a memoir um about her time pr- prior to um sleeter uh, Sader Kinney and the kind of bands that she was involved with in the kind of riot girl scene and coming up through that scene and a lot about her kind of family history and learning to play music and then it's it's also quite kind of introspective and talking about her kind of depression and her anxiety and stuff it's hilarious at times as well obviously because she's an amazing kind of comic and all these things and you know like I started it yesterday and I'm nearly finished I'm just absolutely devouring it it's 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 a gorgeous book um even if you're not if, if you're in any way interested in punk or just even guitars or women in music it, it's not a this is a woman in music book but just to kind of experience somebody who's writing so viscerally about like 
punk and about guitar setups um you i've i've always just read men <laughs> about that so um, historically so that's what it's been that's what it's been so yeah really really enjoying that i i've been keeping a little notebook beside me of all the kind of the bands that she's mentioned that might have only had like one you know ep in uh, that and the band never went anywhere but it was like one of her favorites so i'm like marking all those down to go and kind of investigate further um what have i been watching um i started that sex education on netflix with um jillian anderson in it so i started it twice the first time i watched it i was like no this isn't for me i hate it and then i gave it another go last night and i really like it it's kind of it's um it was pitched to me by a work colleague um as like skins but a bit more wholesome and it is that um but it's good and Gillian Anderson in it who is in it who is completely perfect and I adore her so that that's it really I've mostly just been reading <laughs> great it's yeah. a good time to read it's a good time to read indeed um we'll leave it there for this week um just a brief note to say if you are listening to the podcast we have a patreon page and we would appreciate any of your support um, whatever you can it is payday this week for a lot of people so it'll help you know, us keep the new lamp on yeah <laughs> you got a very low energy lamp on because that's all we can afford <laughs> I don't, uh, but no it is uh, you know it helps us um do what we do and we appreciate your support and uh that's it yeah we're on patreon.com forward slash nine or nine um we're going to leave you with a track from uh, the 1970s from a nat. Well, actually, I think it was released in 1982, the year I was born. Oh. Uh, it was. Uh, it is a guy called Michael O'Shea, who was an Irish experimental musician who lived a nomadic life and who made his own instrument out of a door, strings, chopsticks, and would combine them with echo and phaser effects pedals. This is a, a, a compilation of his music, his debut album, I think, which was released, um, re-released uh, just last week by uh, All Cities, All Al Cheval uh, imprint. And uh, he made this instrument that sounds a bit like a sitar, sounds a bit like an Algerian instrument uh, called a zelocord from a guy he knew who had made his own instrument, so he was inspired to make it. Uh, I'm not going to play the full track because it is 15 minutes long. We're going to leave you. We all have places to be. <laughs> yes. Well, the, appropriately enough, the song is called No Journey's End, oh. but we're going to play uh, an excerpt from it uh, to leave you with uh, this week and we have been the Another Nine Podcast and we'll be back next week do hit the subscribe button and all that kind of stuff and do tell your friends and we appreciate it and sure give us some feedback we always yeah appreciate that. tweet us yeah thanks for everyone who's uh, tweeted about listening to the show in the last while um, we are humbled humbled and, <laughs> and uh, pleased that you are enjoying it and we'll be back next week this is Michael O'Shea with No Journey's End bye bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.